Day 11. Finally, some YRR content. Pastor Michael, it's that time of the 12 Days of Restless, which is day 11, where we talk about some di things directly related to the young, restless, and reform. It's true. We don't always do that anymore. We, 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 we do, and we will, right? I mean, we plan to keep doing it. It's just that there are a lot of other things that we like talking about, and that's ultimately what this podcast is about. I was just telling somebody earlier, uh, they were asking me about, you know, the podcast, how it's going, and and I was like, what? Like, I like we know what we could do to make the podcast way bigger, right? Like, we know what we could do to really blow this thing up. But ultimately, Matt and I just like talking about things. And so we're just going to talk about the things that we like talking about. And we don't have as much time for all those things that would maybe make it bigger, right? All the social media stuff and all the things that we could do. Uh, it's just more fun to chat. <laughs> It is. It is indeed fun. That's why we don't always do YR stuff. Sometimes we want to chat about red snappers, and sometimes we want to talk about, you know, uh, conspiracy theories at Covenant Seminary and those sorts of things. Sometimes we do. Well, today, as I continue to try and change beverages, I'm drinking some sparkling water from Liquid Death. What um, is that? Murder your thirst. Pastor Michael, this... <laughs> yeah, I did not... I don't know what that is. I'm... This is... This is spring water. Never put murder your thirst. Never put in a microplastic bottle. We're not going to the conspiracy corner, but maybe someday we can have that discussion. Hey, good for them. Good for but them, I, I guess. But what I'd like to discuss, obviously, look at this can. Um, oh, so why is it called liquid death? Because it murders your thirst. You get so it. So that's what that's it. It's not like it's not like hard hard uh nope. no, this is there's not there's no alcohol. <laughs> This is what's really funny. So on Christmas Eve, when we had two services and I would be doing a lot of talking, I got their white can of this, which is their normal non-sparkling spring water. And I brought it to church that light. And the fellow pastor said, hey, way to bring water that looks like you're drinking a 40 of beer. It, right does. Now. Like, that there's no, like, it looks like you're like drinking four loco yes. while you're preaching that. That's what it looks like. <laughs> I left it on the sound table, everybody. I kept <laughs> it up front. I I pulled it in the glass. You might have you might as well have just like brought it in a brown paper bag and <laughs> just taken sips, like pulled it out of your pocket as you're going, you know. So oh, this, that's too good. This water is both delicious <laughs> and expensive and not a sponsor of this podcast at all. Um <laughs> But it was a special Would occasion. we accept a sponsorship? If Liquid Death oh, wanted to sponsor Restless, would we do it? Oh, we would do it. And <laughs> all I want are just cases of the stuff. I don't need money. I just need <laughs> Liquid Death. So uh, you heard it here. Liquid Death. If you guys are listening to the Restless Liquid podcast. Family and friends of Liquid Death, let them know. We know you're big. We know you were influenced by Mark Driscoll, just like we are. And now you're in the Swiss Alps at a spring, <laughs> filling up cans Is of it from the Swiss Alps? Oh, I mean, maybe. Of course, with the name Liquid Death, what else could I assume? <laughs> Let me just say, because I want them to sponsor this, definitely, there's no way that that's made up ad copy. No way. So, Pastor Michael, a thing we've often talked about with the YRR is not our preference of spring water never put in a plastic <laughs> bottle. But what we have discussed many times is what do those of us who were YRR do now? as we watch things we used to trust no longer trust as we feel broken apart and so i just want to look at two th tweet threads from people 
um, commenting on the state of where things are with the wire are. Do you want to read a, I'm going to give you the first line of both of these and you can pick which one we'll read first and we'll see what time we have. So the first one is seven signs. You've exchanged the young restless and reformed for young restless and redacted or the reformed world. I once knew is gone. It's completely fractured. Which of these would you like to take a look at first tonight? Let's do the first one. Did, uh, the seven signs. Me. Great. I want to know what this means. All right. Let's take a look. This first one is from a pastor named Jacob Mensel, uh, who makes some very enjoyable podcasts with his, his friends. I've heard oh, the name. What does he do? He is one of the Tim Bailey boys, the sound of sanity, the movie sanity. I listen to your guys' stuff. Uh, the, I think the thing they do that's most popular is the booking. Um, Anyways, generally enjoyable audio making kind of guys and a guy uh, whose whose tweet, at least on this issue, I find uh, quite interesting. So let's take a look. So he's he's describing a change that you might have undergone. And I'm not sure if he thinks this is good or bad. I have not read this tweet for a long time. So here's the shot. Uh, and the chaser is your liquid death. So here's number one. Uh, you went from someone who cringe brags on his smoking hot wife to someone who cringe brags on his submissive trad wife. Ooh, Pastor Michael, I think this one's going to be pretty spicy. I think this one is going to be pretty spicy. <laughs> That's number one. That was number one. That's number one. Man, there's something to that. Like, remember how weird it was? Remember how weird it was? How often it was like a thing where you were supposed to brag about your wife and how attracted you were to her and how, like from the pulpit. And and Which was strange. It was really strange, and it's the kind of thing that people do when that's when it's not true, right? Like they're it's it is uh, when you listened to it, it was like this just sounds like a kind of overcompensating, right? Everyone did it because Mark Driscoll did it, and now everyone posts photos of their wives in like the country in the middle of nowhere because they're all always there and whatever. All right, number. Whereas two if you had a real trad wife, she probably wouldn't want to be in pictures. I'm just saying. <laughs> Shout well. out. To my trad wife, who probably never will listen to this because she's so behind and doesn't usually listen to the podcast unless I tell her to listen to one. <laughs> so. right. Take a listen, uh, Mrs. Restless. All right. You went from a 6'2 former jock who bought some glasses to cosplay as a nerd to a 5'6. Also, somehow your, your height changed. That's too bad. Got to, <laughs> to a 5'6 former fantasy nerd who discovered barbells and cosplays as a jock. So... Right, he's commenting on the style of the YRR. It went cool from being nerdy, Jonathan Edwards is my homeboy, to uh, Joe Rogan and the creatine I drink is my homeboy. Yeah, is the new cool thing. Hey, there is a, I mean, there is a cultural trend, right, in that in that direction. Um, I've heard it from you know, I've listened to comedians who talk about the funny overlap now of like the the jock and nerd persona. Although I really think that generally those two things do go together yeah. right like the this all, i'll just say all of this is probably going to hit me too close to home which is like <laughs> i guess i'm just in a new culture now like like i think that's generally what this is pointing out like yep maybe like the last time when you thought you found all the answers in the yrr maybe you're in a new culture and maybe there yeah. are some better things about it but maybe there are things you should watch out for that's kind of the lesson the yrr should have taught us right yeah 
And well, and like, that's just a good thing to remember. Like you're always, by the way, you are always, even if you want to be the guy who's doing cultural criticism and you are so high and mighty and above it all, and you can really see the trends, even if you can, you are captive to the culture that you're in. Right. Even if you can, there are going to be people that come after you. And if you, for whatever reason, are remembered, which you almost definitely won't be, right. uh, but if you are remembered, people will look back on you and talk about uh, how crazy it was that you believed certain things, that you did certain things, that you lived a certain way. That's going to happen, right? Like that's, and, and you just have to get over that, I think. You have to get over that. One of the things that, you know, this kind of a post is maybe helpful for is that when it points that out, it's just good to remember. It's just good to remember that. And don't, you don't have to be defensive, right? Because some of these are going to hit, right? Like some oh. of these are going to hit. Yep. Hey, that's okay. That's all right. You know? Um, and it's, by the way, it's not bad to be, it's yeah. impossible to not be a part of the culture, right? Like, uh, And it's good to recognize that you are in a new trendy, like the, there are things you are part of that are fall that are part of trends that are probably influencing what you think. And it's good to be aware of that. So when things in these circles start to go off the rails, like they did with the YRR, you can go, Oh wait, I remember the reason I started getting involved in this was because it was talking about family and health. And now we're in a weird world of, like like it allows you to recognize the things as they as all things do continue to get yeah. amped up and crazier yeah and there is by the way like if you're cosplaying as a nerd right and you were buying all the books but you're not reading anything yep. you're not actually doing anything with it that's a problem and if you're cosplaying it's like a you know you're like hey look at me i'm super strong you're talking about it you're trying to point it out yeah also not good but also if you want to get books and read them and study them and you want to get into you know health and vitality as a man that's good and if yep. you're a pastor hey that's also good <laughs> you know like that's that's not a bad thing actually all right you went from a suburbanite who cosplays as an urban city boy to a suburbanite who cosplays as an agrarian hunter gatherer <laughs> Oh, by the way, everybody, you like me are still a suburbanite. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I truly am still a suburbanite. You went from unsingable sad soy boy hipster music to unsingable old music in four parts. Dude, um, there's there's something to that. There's something to that. I by the way, on on Sunday, we sang a hymn that I my wife told me she actually really liked, and I like I didn't hate it, but I chose a hymn that has two tunes in our hymnal. And I'm, I don't know if I must have done this in the past. I've, I don't think I've ever heard this tune before. I think in the past, people have helped catch it before we make it to Sunday morning and we open it up, we start singing. It's just the kind of thing I would do, right? Like, I'm not going to, I know this hymn. I don't remember that this number is the wrong tune for it. And we sang, we sang this tune. And I, like, we started, I was like, this is so hard to sing. And I'm, <laughs> and the other one I think is actually very singable. And I was like, oh, man, what about? But there were parts of it that were beautiful. So I, I hope it was still obviously glorifying to God. But I did feel a little bit like, yikes, we're not all singing this one. <laughs> you know? Right. You went from a coward that hides behind nuance. What? To a coward who hides behind controversy. 
you went from someone who, as a matter of principle, aspires to 10K followers on Twitter and a church of 500 plus to someone, as a matter of principle, aspires to 10K followers on Twitter and a church of less than 120. Still want the Twitter followers. Still want still want the follows. Uh, <laughs> and you traded the power of narrative for the power of story. Yeah, that part never changed. Um, and so, again, I think uh, Pastor Mensel here is pointing out the times, the trends there are changing. And in fact, a lot of these are a direct reactionary trend. Yes. That we see the uh, the urban things Tim Keller did and how those have went wrong. And we went, well, the solution is to live a completely agrarian lifestyle. Yep. And do you know what we're going to find along the way? <laughs> Wherever you go, there you are, right? You are going to have the same problems. And there are people, and this is why I think um, people like Aaron Wren and his critiques of Tim Keller are more helpful, <clears throat> that Tim Keller, for whatever his faults were, he was actually the real deal. I'm going to go yes. to the city and figure it out. That, for him, he wasn't doing it as a trend. Yep. But what he did was so groundbreaking, people bought into it as a trend. Yeah, and so it just uh, uh, I know I just said that you're a part of the culture. You're not going to be able to break out of it. Uh, but it is also true that you don't want to be the person that is just jumping on the trend. Yeah. Right. So this is where slow, long obedience, faithfulness consistently is where you should be yeah. right like none of this um i'm going all in and i'm telling everybody we're all like we're gonna do this that's just it's it's not it's just not real it's not realistic this is something that um you know you brought up aaron Wren. i think aaron Wren is great about this because he's he is um uh, he's realistic and he has critiques of his own people mm -hmm. right um anybody who think, so, you know, he brought up, you know, agriculturalism or, you know, uh, that sort of thing, which is trendy right now. It is true. Uh, anybody who's ever actually done these things, which I do, right? Like yesterday, my family and I were uh, butchering rabbits. I guess it was Monday. We're butchering rabbits. We're jumping in the pig pens to put carbon down because they've, you know, it's just, it's mucky here. It's been a really wet and not very cold and dry winter and so that's really rough on animals um there's nothing glamorous about it like all the videos you see online of people doing things and it's like look at this look how sweet it is look how easy it is all that there's nothing like glamorous i think it's beautiful i think that it's wonderful i think it's a good thing to do but when you actually when you do real things it's the same thing when people look at a church they're like if only i could be that kind of church. If only I could be, you know, Tim Keller's church doing this. If only I could be, you know, with Doug Wilson's church doing this. If only I could be whatever it is, right? Whatever the trend is. And you say, they've got it right. They're doing it right. If you actually go, if you're actually a part of it, you start to find out actually everywhere there's problems, everywhere there's messes, everywhere things are hard. And so just wherever you are, be faithful. Whatever you're doing, be faithful. And that might mean changing some of the things you're doing. It might mean even saying, hey, this is trendy, but it's more faithful than where I'm at right now. So I'm going to head in that direction. But it's not it's not to be trendy, right? You, wanna, you just want to be, it's, it's simple 
obedience and faithfulness. That's all. It, that's all it's about. And and those guys out there, you know, the those sound of sanity guys, they like being the contrarians. They one hundred percent. They so, like they 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 revel in that stuff. And so and it's and from the outside, it's like this is just it feels like you feel it. Yeah. But it means that sometimes their critiques are helpful, right? They are helpful. And what you but what you need to not let it do is let's say you're uh, up until this moment, your your New Year's resolution is like, dude, I am going to get healthy this year. Like I've seen like lots of my friends doing this stuff, like reading the Bible, getting healthy, like going in this direction. Oh, it's trendy. Well, then I can't really sincerely do that. Oh, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like that would be a mistake. It is yeah. okay. Like it is okay that you and me, I was exposed to Calvinism because of a trend that existed. It didn't praise mean God being exposed to that a bad thing. Praise God, right? Like praise right. God that so, we did. It was a good, it was a good thing. And so now we need to read about why people were looking for the new trend because the reformed world won Joel Webin of Right Response Ministry. Speaking of trendy, <laughs> speaking of jumping on trends. <laughs> An X-29 pastor who's, <laughs> let's just mention, this guy, uh, maybe someday we'll talk to him. I don't know. Probably not. But I think it'd be fun. I don't know. I don't know where he's at if he would, but. Yeah. His uh, his uh, church. Uh, look at his, uh, his, his uh, you know, thing. Doctrinal statement, reform, confessional, 1689, covenantal, presuppositional, patriarchal, Kyperian, general equity, theonomist, post-millennial. In general equity quotes. theonomy isn't a thing, but that's okay. General equity. Like, <laughs> let's. Uh, can we have a Joel? If you want to talk to us about scare quoting general <laughs> equity, that would be a that would be a good conversation. Now, <laughs> the guy, a whole a whole previous Acts twenty nine church up and left California uh, for another state, which is wild. Um, is that true? Was, is that what they did? Oh yeah. Uh, his book he released or whatever it was called, like. I saw that book. I didn't know anything about it. I'm not going to read. So he did, like, they did that? Yeah. Where'd they go? I don't know. Probably. I thought he was in California. Yeah, they, like, left for, like, Texas or whatever, you know. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting stuff. (laughs) All right. You learn something new every day. You You learn things a church could do every day. So the Reformed world I once knew is gone. It's completely fractured. There's an appropriate degree of mourning to be had, but we cannot mourn indefinitely. We must build. We cannot build without proper materials. We must study and learn. We must repent. Much of our perceived unity in the past was due to theological minimalism, which only appeared viable in a positive and neutral world. In that world, many truths could be assumed and taken for granted. Our nation, our politics, our culture, and even our theology were all still riding on the fumes of a prior Christendom. But this is no longer the case. We have to go back bigger and better. Uh, we have to go back to bigger and better minds than we currently have available to us. Minds that saw things that our current generation is beginning to wake up to. However, going back 250 and even 500 years is not sufficient. The past is what led us to the present. The great minds of the past, as they sought to interpret God's word, will only get us so far. We will need new minds and perhaps, even more importantly, new hearts we will need better minds and better hearts even better than that of the puritans better than that of even the reformers 
All right, Pastor Michael, what are you what are you feeling about this uh, so far? Well, I was I, up until those last couple lines, which are a little bit like they're getting to a point where it's like, oh, yeah. I'm a little uh, I'm a little frightened with where you're going. But um, up until that point, I actually I felt that some of that moving forward instead of just looking back. That's actually stuff that I've heard from a one uh, Matt Klein, <laughs> who who has often pointed out that you can't like you can't just go backward, right? You can't say, hey, we're just going to rebuild what they had back then. Um, the nature of history and time is we're just we have to move forward. We have to build from where we are right now, and that's that's just what it, it has to be. Um, and so it sounds, you know, similar to that. I think. Yeah, I, I think, think there's some true things in here. Um. I agree. And I think that I think there are I think there are two potential. Uh, there's some again, I agree with that. I think that one, uh, for example, I do think the fact where we are is um, that th there is so much confusion and chaos. A good way to check our assumptions and the conclusions we've come to is by going back in time and reading other yes. minds. I agree with that. That's uh, completely true. I, again, I think that there is this weird tendency. Uh, you see this, again, I can use a non, uh, an example, where Roman Catholics will say, well, secularism is the fault of the Protestant Reformation. You can draw a direct line from Martin Luther to Sigmund Freud to transgender surgeries. And it's like, no, you can't. Like, <laughs> like there are right. one million different factors <laughs> that went into those things. Yeah. And... And so when when we talk about like the minds we had 250 years ago, 500 years ago are the things that got us here today. I mean, give Thomas Brooks and Jonathan Edwards or like go further back Heinrich Bullinger a break man. Like the why uh, are uh, Matt, we need better hearts than I, they had. <laughs> <laughs> The YRR and Mark Driscoll are not directly related, you know, to, you know, Vermigli's treatise on the Lord's Supper. <laughs> I, yeah, that's where I, you know, that, again, that's also not how history works. Uh, so we'll see what he means by even better Puritans and reformers. What I, and maybe he's about to get to it is what I think is the case is this idea of even if we get those guys, let's say I get the like all the latest things being translated into English. I get really involved in recovery, which I think is a really helpful thing for the reasons yeah. I just mentioned. If we don't actually get a spirit move of the spirit of God, those things actually won't help us. Yes. Because it is true. a spiritual condition, not a right. lacking academic resource condition. Yeah. And you can maybe hear that in his. I think that's his. Hey, repent. I, right. We need to repent. Yeah. Uh, we need to, you know, keep going. Yeah. That makes that. If that's what he's saying with we need better hearts, I, I think that that is a that is potentially a worthy thing to say. All right, let's keep going. I firmly believe these hearts and minds are coming. What if the church's greatest revivals are before us and not behind us? It has been said we are not the lesser sons of former sires. The statement is generally true, although sadly, it may not be particularly true of our present generation. Unfortunately, I'm beginning to think this generation, myself certainly included, may actually be the lesser sons of former sires. But our sons don't have to be, and our grandsons don't have to be. Mothers, you may be nursing the next Calvin. Fathers, you may be teaching the next Knox to ride a bike. 
God is not through with this world. Perhaps the story is not coming to a close, but barely a beginning. Uh, Joel Webin became uh, post-mill in probably 2023. Um, our generation may simply be remembered as the first generation in a new chapter. The generation that woke from centuries of long slumber since the Enlightenment. Perhaps that will be the sum of our entire contribution. But our children and our children's children, they may be remembered as the generation that began to mount some of the first and most significant attacks against the dragons and giants that uh, currently terrorize the king's land. Overall, pretty good post here, Pastor Michael. Dude, I think that's to... pretty. I, I like the end, dude. I'm a, I, I'm a, I'm a firm lover of that end. Like, hey, mothers, you may be nursing the next Calvin. That's great. That's a good I, line. I do. That's a great line. Fathers, you may be teaching the next Knox to ride a bike. You literally are. <laughs> you literally are Matt, yeah. <laughs> right? That, that is true. I literally, I quite literally am given my son's first name. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, so I, I love that. I also, I think there's something important that has been, um, uh, maybe not fully rediscovered. Maybe this didn't totally go away, but man, especially with the influence of dispensationalism and which I think just comes by nature very much so of the Industrial Revolution, talking about cultural trends. Uh, I, I think that for a long time, we've been in uh, a culture, whether in the church or not, of, hey, this is the last generation. We're going to live yes. like this is yep. it. Yes. This is this is the end. Either Christ is coming back or, hey, we're just going to blow everything we have. We're going to strip mine everything. We're going to you know, destroy entire forests because it doesn't matter because we're not going to be here later on. It's basically the sin of Hezekiah when God tells him that judgment is coming and he doesn't say, well, let's all repent because I love my kids and grandkids. He says, well, he's relieved, it says, right? Because uh, it wasn't going to happen in his day. Yes. That's a wicked response. And that has been the heart of many people for the last number of generations. That's I right. do think that there seems to be a commonly held desire to change that thinking ahead, thinking, Hey, I want to do better so that my kids are set up to more faithfully follow Christ. Right. I, like I want to do what I can as a father, as a churchman, as a pastor, as a businessman, whatever it is to set my kids up to be faithful stewards of the gifts of God. And that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. I think it goes hand in hand with the, you know, kind of uh, repopularization of covenant theology because of probably in large part the YRR. Uh, like, that's a good thing. And we should all be happy about that, I think. Um, now, you know, to just buck trend a little bit, uh, you want to be careful with that too, right? Even that, th that's not a given. Things may be worse for our kids and their kids, yeah. no matter what we do. Right. And what we want to do is train them to be faithful no matter what. Right. Like we want to teach them about Christ, the Christ who is with them when he gives them opportunities to do incredibly great things. And and when they're in the midst of revival and when they're in the midst of, you know, significant trial, persecution and suffering. Either way, we want them to be faithful. And so uh, we don't want to be so triumphalistic that it, in a sense, does not prepare them for the hardship of what may come. But I still think we can be triumphalistic. <laughs> yeah, because I do think 
I think the thing about especially his ending about what maybe we can hope for is like when you realize you kind of are lesser men. That's that is generally most days how I feel. Right. Yeah. I often tell people like when, you know, people talk when people learn I'm a pastor, I kind of the, the feeling I get is like, yeah, until we get some uh, some real shepherds around here, I will have to do. Yeah. Right. That's that is generally how I feel on many days. But something I've told our elders is I want to be the kind of man that like recognizes if we get somebody to the church that we're that, you know, we agree, like would make a better pastor that I would be okay if they took my position. And when I think about that, I think that wouldn't be hard to do. Like that's like, I can't imagine that that will never happen. Like that might actually happen. And so the thing that I'm hopeful for, but we, we need to recognize this is why your description of what we need to focus on as Christ is so helpful is I do believe that the end times, this last generation mindset, I think in myself, the thing I feel like, whereas I think a lot of people, let's say 30 years ago, the men my age were thinking, oh my goodness, is this the end? I think my mindset and probably a lot of men around me and people are diverging in what that means, diverging in what that thinks. But what a lot of people are thinking is, why have I been in the dark ages for X amount of time? Right. And so some people have been like, there have been a lot of unaddressed injustices, whatever it is. But people have this general sense. We are in the dark ages. You do an, uh, a study on evangelicals knowledge of theology or the Bible. We are in the dark ages. You you read about how Trinitarian theology was written about uh, in the Protestant scholastics. Wow, we are in the dark ages, right? Like, I get that sense. And the problem is, of course, you could be like the, you could be in this case, right? You could be the uh, pastor, right? Who was Martin Luther's pastor, right? On the dawn of this thing. And you could be feeling that, right? You could be doing that. Or you could be the guy living a hundred years before who's just going to be killed by the Inquisition. Those are that it was a guy too, right? Realizing we're in the dark ages is again no guarantee of a change. Now, this is why I do believe we should ask God for a work of his spirit that yes. we have not seen in our lifetime. Right. And by the way, like, especially when people truly pray that from repentant hearts, that's a prayer God loves to answer, mm -hmm. right? Like there are prayers that God loves to answer, right? How often in scripture does God just say to his people, just ask me, right? Like just say, you know, say the word, right? If you see it, you know, in a sense, test me thinking of, you know, Malachi and give it what, like, just see if I won't like pour out blessings. See if I won't open up the storehouses of heaven and pour out my blessing. God loves to answer that kind of prayer, um, but you're right that it, it ultimately is up to him and we need to be in the place where we trust him, truly believe him, uh, and, and trust that he will send that when and if it's necessary. Amen. Make this your prayer in 2024 with us. I hope this hope is not just a trend. Jake Mensel and the Contrarians will pick on again. Joel Webin, uh, we gave you a bit of a hard time at the beginning, but you like to be with the fight, laugh, peace people, so you should be able to take it. Um, but thanks for the post, both of you. Uh, it gave us something good to talk about.